Hi everyone, welcome to Herbert Smith Free Hills podcast series on digital transformation. In part three of this podcast, we are here to discuss digitalization challenges in Singapore. This is part of the Herbert Smith Free Hills multi-jurisdictional discussion on what various jurisdictions are doing in relation to their respective digital transformation journeys. To introduce myself, I am Kenneth Lowe, and I'm a lawyer in the financial services regulatory practice in Herbert Smith Free Hills. So what this means is areas such as fintech, digital law, all these areas are things that I cover. I am based in Singapore. Today, I'm delighted and really happy to be joined by my close friend and colleague who's likewise based in Singapore, Harry Evans. Harry, over to you. Thanks very much. Kenneth, and hello everyone. It's very nice to have you with us here today. As Kenneth said, my name is Harry Evans and I'm a senior associate based here in Singapore in our technology group. I spend a large part of my time advising clients on the procurement of new digital technologies and how to manage the risks associated with the use of such technologies, including legal, commercial and regulatory risks. I look forward to speaking with you today on some of these topics and um, the digital transformation um, process within the private sector. So with that, we will now move on to part three of the podcast, where we will discuss the digitalization challenges in Singapore. Harry, perhaps you'd like to kick us off uh, with telling us if there's been any economic pushes towards digitalization in Singapore with respect to the private sector. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Kenneth. So I think the first observation we can make here is that um, most enterprises are incentivized to invest in their um, technology and their digitalization journeys um, for no other reason than the fact that it's essential for staying um, relevant. It, it really is um um, as an existential crisis for a lot of companies or an existential threat whereby if they don't stay relevant, um, they're at risk of falling behind their competitors. Um, you may have heard the expression that sort of data is the new oil, which is driving um, a third industrial revolution. And, and people really are talking about digital transformation as being akin to the um, you know, previous industrial revolutions that were driven by things like um, oil, um, electricity, the invention of um, the steam train and the like. Um, and it's probably not an understatement to say that it's equally important for companies today to um, stay relevant by investing in digital technologies. Above and beyond the private um, push, Governments are also trying to encourage entities to digitalize. So the thing, so the Singapore government, through its statutory board that supports Singapore small and medium enterprise development, um, Enterprise Singapore, has introduced a number of initiatives to assist businesses with their digitalization journeys. First of all, there's the 100% investment allowance, which which purpose is to encourage enterprises to invest in large-scale automation projects and increase productivity. Um, the 100% investment allowance was extended until 31 of March 2023 with approved capital expenditure capped at $10 million per project. 
Another initiative is the Digital Leaders Program, which purpose is to enable promising local companies to integrate digital technology into their core business strategy to develop new capabilities and business models and capture new growth opportunities. Eligible companies should have some level of digital maturity and will need to be invited to participate in a two-year pilot with support for up to 70% of the qualifying cost in three main areas. These areas are building an in-house core digital team, uh, charting a digital roadmap, and developing proof of concepts for new markets and customer segments. The third initiative that I just wanted to mention is the Productivity Solutions Grant. And this is there to support firms keen on adopting IT solutions and equipment to enhance business processes. For a start, the Productivity Solutions Grant, or PSG, covers sector-specific solutions, um, including in the retail, food, logistics, precision, engineering, construction, and landscaping industries. Other than sector-specific solutions, PSG also supports adoption of solutions that cut across industries, such as in areas of customer management, data analytics, financial management, and inventory tracking. Kenneth, uh, based on your observations in the market and what's been happening local, what would you say are Singapore's biggest challenges in terms of digitalization? Hmm. Well, major challenges actually arise through and actually from the existing legal framework. So in particular, the Singapore Statutes of the Personal Data Protection Act 2012, known as the PDPA, well, all this PDPA regulates the collection, storage, and processing of personal data. The other statute worth noting is New Cybersecurity Act 2018. So as the name suggests, it came out in 2018, so not that new, but still. And this Cybersecurity Act 2018 will definitely increase the compliance requirements to be met by companies. Now, in relation to the PDPA, there's actually been some controversy. So back in 2020, um, the Singapore government faced public backlash when the minister in charge of Singapore's Smart Nation Drive had assured the public in the June of 2020 that the trace together data, trace together data would actually only be used for contact tracing. But this same government minister had to make a U-turn just eight months later in February 2021. The minister said that it was the government's error in not stating that such data is actually not exempt from the criminal procedure code for criminal investigations. So previously said, you know, only used for contact tracing, but later on make a U-turn and said actually can also be used for criminal investigations. So there was a bit of a controversy um, that erupted from that. So Trace Together actually was mentioned earlier in part two of the podcast. And we also had mentioned and talked about in, in further detail that it was created by the GovTech but let me just provide some further color as to what it is right here, right now. It is actually a digital system that the government of Singapore implemented to facilitate contact tracing efforts in response to the COVID-19 pandemic in Singapore. The main goal is quick identification of persons who may have come into close contact with anyone who has tested positive for COVID-19. Clearly, while the use of digital tools to curb the spread of the pandemic is a positive step, understanding of data privacy issues and clear knowledge of the laws and regulation has proven to be crucial. 
as evinced from the earlier example. No one is actually immune to falling short in these crucial areas. Separately, successfully integrating a trained workforce into the new digital workflows or headhunting qualified personnel with IT expertise might prove to be another key challenge. But with everything said, possibly the biggest challenge yet is getting the whole Singapore population on board this whole government's digitalization push because the tsunami of information and at times the technical sophistry of the various digitalization initiatives, such as all these apps, right, all this variety of apps that the government has launched and is continuing to launch, sometimes all that can really become confusing and bewildering. So with all that in mind, Let's turn to Harry. In your experience, what practical challenges are your clients actually facing in Singapore while digitalizing their businesses? Yeah, thanks, uh, Kenneth. This is a um, interesting question um, because there are a lot of challenges and there aren't always easy solutions to them. Um, the first thing I would note is that we often talk about digitalization as, um, say, a single thing that needs to happen to a business. But in actual fact, um, digitalization can involve a lot of different things. So it can involve um, the way you collect, store and process data. Um, it can involve the way you use digital technologies for um, say, automating or streamlining um, certain business processes or operations. Um, and it can involve lots of different types of technology. So it can involve artificial intelligence, uh, blockchain, um, uh, robotics, um, and, ver and, and various other technologies. And so when we talk about digitalization, there isn't necessarily a single thing which is happening. It may require um, a lot of different things to happen. And one of the things that we often see is um, uh, businesses grappling with how to implement a holistic digital strategy, which really does, I guess, serve its purpose from end to end, as opposed to um, sort of reacting on more of an ad hoc basis to the need to um, digitalize. And so my first sort of observation is um, taking a holistic approach can be difficult because it does involve significant re-engineering, significant redesign, significant cost. Um, and that is really what is needed as opposed to taking a sort of ad hoc um, bit piece approach to the digitalization journey. The second challenge I'd note is implementation. Um, Digitalisation is complicated. It involves a lot of jargon. It involves a lot of different um, technical expertise. It's usually difficult for a single company to handle it internally or by itself. So there are a lot of different parties involved. Um, and in this context, implementation can be difficult. Um, there's scope for miscommunication. There's scope for um, uh, budgetary overruns, their scope for project delays, and all of this can make 
just the implementation of digital projects difficult and people um, sort of talk about it as if you can click your fingers and suddenly you've gone fully digital but there is actually a big project management side to implementing um, a digitalization strategy. The next thing that I think people will probably be more aware about is the data privacy and security issues. Um, if we rewind uh, even a few decades ago, most businesses managed their data and their security um, in the real world or, or through physical security measures. So, I mean, just think of storing paper files in a metal filing cabinet with a lock and key and then locking the office door on the way out. Um, you know, that in a, in a form was the, the way people kept documents and records and data secure. These days, all of that um, data and information is online. It's uh, connected to the internet and it is subject to cybersecurity risks and uh, hacking. Um, and it brings with it a whole bunch of new um, security challenges and the regulatory uh, overlay, which is designed to, to stop security breaches. The final thing I was just going to mention is that um, digitalization within a business really does require a bit of a uh, cultural shift amongst employees, uh, investors, suppliers, and other stakeholders. And, and sometimes businesses aren't ready for that cultural shift. So for example, um, it could require certain jobs to be made redundant. Um, it could require certain processes to be changed. It might require people to upskill in their understanding of different software applications um, or the way, say, data analytics or AI works. And these things are, are challenging for a workforce that may not necessarily have uh, grown up with digital technologies. So businesses need to ensure that in addition to upgrading their sort of operational technologies, they're also upskilling and developing their workforces, suppliers and other stakeholders at the same time so that they keep step with the technology. Hmm. That's, that's, that's a lot to think about. Thanks, Harry. Are there also any particular legal issues in Singapore that companies should be wary of, cognizant about? Like what kind of disputes have you actually observed emerging in this space? Yeah, so that's um, a good question, Kenneth. Um, my first observation is that just because a company goes digital or introduces a digital transformation strategy doesn't mean that it's absolved from the regulations that it would normally be subject to. Um, so, for example, um, if you're a bank and you need to comply with certain obligations of the financial regulators in terms of um, maintaining business continuity, uh, providing services of a particular quality to your customers, um, and maintaining a certain amount of security over bank accounts and funds, you don't get a free pass to absolve yourself from those responsibilities by virtue of going digital or by virtue of, say, outsourcing your technology operations to a third party. 
you still need to comply with those regulations. And that doesn't change. And that's something that businesses need to be aware of. In addition, you have um, specific regulations that may overlay um, digital technologies that a company needs to think about. So we've talked about data privacy and information security or cybersecurity type regulations, which um, are becoming increasingly relevant as um, digital technologies become more prevalent. We also have um, interesting laws across Southeast Asia and beyond, such as things like data localization laws, which may require you to localize the storage of your data in a particular country, which means that you may not have the right to transfer it across international borders. And that can impact a digital um, transformation strategy because it may prevent you from using, say, um, third-party cloud providers which are based offshore. Um, there are other specific um, regulations which may be targeted at digital transformation or investment into digital assets, such as um, uh, regulations which apply to digital payments, regulations which apply to, say, um, foreign investment into e-commerce business and the like, um, which also need to be considered, um, depending on the nature of the business activities that are being pursued. Um, the final point is that the digital transformation of a company often involves a lot of different parties, um, and those relationships are usually governed by commercial contracts and um, by virtue of involving a lot of different parties and um, having a lot of different commercial contracts in place, there are risks of commercial disputes arising when things don't go to plan or when there's a miscommunication and the like. And so all of these things are creating legal challenges that companies need to consider and grapple with as they embark upon their uh, digital journeys. So, Kenneth, um, yeah. there's some ideas about uh, potential um, areas of dispute or challenge. Maybe you could share with us some of your views on the best ways of avoiding or dealing with uh, such disputes. The first thing I think to realise is that you can't completely remove the risk of disputes, yeah? But you can set your project up in a way where disputes can be minimized so that they do not derail a project. So the clearer an organization is about what its digital transformation journey should look like and the steps to be taken to get there, the better prepared it can and will be. So it's also important to understand both from the customer's and supplier's perspective, what is required by the customer and what each party has to do to ensure that it's possible. Again, the clearer the contract is, and the more that the parties have thought about the issues in the past, then the easier it will be to implement. The implementation of contractual terms should be closely monitored and any issues should be flagged to suppliers as soon as possible. Many Singapore companies actually have operations around the globe, and it is vital for these companies to understand the regulatory and legal environment in the jurisdictions where those technologies will be used. 
and of course adapting its approach as appropriate and keeping up to date with developments and and these methods can really be very fast moving so it's also an essential to ensure that the contracts contain a suitable dispute resolution mechanism which allows issues to be dealt with quickly and or by tribunals with the requisite skills to understand the issues so finally harry to end off and, and knowing that you are a technology, media, and telecommunications TMT lawyer, what trends do you expect to see in the technology and digital space in Singapore in the future? Yes, thanks, Kenneth. Uh, interesting question. Um, I think it's like a, the overriding message is that digital transformation looks set to. Um, continue and potentially um, accelerate as more and more businesses come to terms with the digital economy. Um, one thing that we're seeing um, is that companies are reconsidering their business models. Um, so, for example, a lot of companies which previously sold um, products to end users are now thinking about how they can um, sort of analyze um, the use of those third products, capture the data, and then turn the data into services which they offer to their end users as part of a sort of value-add, um, digital-driven um, service line. And that is, I guess, driving new revenue sources, new expansion opportunities and the like. And so it is quite interesting to see how quickly, um, say, traditional products-based businesses are taking advantage of new digital technologies to become service-based businesses. And it dra that, that kind of example, I think, draws together um, um, features of the the digital revolution, such as um, the the collection of data, the monetization of that data, um, and the use of different technologies for um, offering new new services in 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 new ways. The other thing I was going to say is that um, Singapore companies are actively investing abroad to take the benefit of key innovations from other countries. So we may see increased M&A and JV activity as a result. It was reported that the startup scene in Singapore has much to show for in 2021, producing an impressive string of built-in Singapore unicorns, which are private companies now valued at more than US $1 billion each. Despite the um, economic headwinds introduced by the pandemic, uh, technology companies like uh, uh, PatSnap, which uses AI and machine learning technology to comb through billions of data sets and help innovators connect the dots. Um, Caro, a car selling auction platform. Uh, Neum, a platform that allows for cross-border payments and others, have all achieved remarkable growth, carving out dominant positions in regional and even global markets in areas such as e-commerce, um, fintech, and the biosciences sectors. 
Following on in the footsteps of tech giants like Grab and SEA Group, local startups are also now making confident strides along well-beaten paths from seed and Series A funding rounds to high-profile public listings, and we think that trend is expected to continue. More generally, as companies become more comfortable with technology, they may consider process automation and artificial intelligence in some form. So a more advanced step in relation to digital transformation would be the adoption of uh, blockchain technology and smart legal contracts for um, automating business processes. One of the um, major trends in the fintech space or banking space, which we are seeing, is the emergence of fully virtual or fully digital banks, which essentially are um, banks that from end to end exist in the cloud and can um, onboard and service customers via um, iPhones and or, or smartphones and the like. Um, and these new, um, I guess, entirely new financial institutions um, are becoming more prevalent here and in other parts of the world. That has been very comprehensive, Harry. And I think we can certainly look forward to seeing greater digitalization in Singapore. To our audience listening in, if you want to embark or expedite on your digital journey, please do reach out to us and we'll be very happy to have a discussion. Do also look out to our other podcasts on this series of digitalization, where we will discuss other jurisdictions' journeys in this space. We look forward to meeting you and thank you for listening in. Goodbye. Thanks. Bye.